if your customers remain your true north that you continue to solve for, innovate for, you'll reap the benefits of that. Welcome to Modern Business Operations, where we talk with leaders about how ops is adapting to our modern world. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Modern Business Operations. Today, I have the pleasure of hosting Sheldon Cummings, the Chief Operating Officer of MailChimp. Hey, Sheldon. Good to have you on the show. Hey, Siki. Really, really happy to be here. Do you mind telling us a little bit about how you got to be the Chief Operating Officer of MailChimp? So it's a little bit about me. My background is I was really from New York City. So born and raised in New York. And I've always been one that has focused on opportunities and sort of traveled to wherever those opportunities were. So I ended up going to high school in Pennsylvania, college at West University in Connecticut, and then moved on to graduate school, Kellogg in Chicago. And there I focused on marketing strategy and finance. And that's an important piece of that operations narrative because often in operational roles, we're bringing together a lot of different disciplines, right? For the positive outcomes for the organization. And so that was my focus when I was getting my MBA and then moved on to unpackaged goods in general management. So I worked at Kimberly Clark, I worked at Kraft Foods, which then split and became Mondelez. And through that experience, it was truly looking at how you're working with cross-functional teams, how you are ensuring that you're driving outcomes in that marketing role. I would joke and say that, you know, I can never make a cracker or a cookie or any of those things. Like I didn't know how to do it or ship it or pack it or those disciplines. There were people who were experts in it, but I was always in a role where we had to ensure that we were bringing together those disciplines for the outcomes, for the customers and for the revenue. So from there, shifted over into tech and started that into it back in 2017. And through my career there, very much from different roles within sales, HR, partnering with marketing, et cetera, I had, again, that cross-functional disciplinary lens and into it decided to acquire MailChimp to help round out the small business portfolio. At that point, I was appointed the chief operating officer back in 21. So it's been a great journey across the different disciplines, functions, companies, et cetera. But I think it all builds a toolkit that then has led to being the CEO of MailChimp today. You mentioned something that I always feel like people not necessarily think through the real effort that comes with this cross-functional, you know, your example with, you might not be able to make the cookie, but driving that cross-functional and getting all the different functions to go into the business goal, it's a little bit quarterbacking of the situation, right? And at its own skill set and effort. Did you know that you eventually want to get to a role like that? Or was it sort of like you grew through it through the sales and marketing organizations or both? It's not the thing that people automatically think of. I think that for me, being in roles where I've been working with teams and being in roles where I have a portion of the leadership roles within the teams where you're kind of helping to set that direction, think about how you are deploying resources, think about how we are making progress and sort of accountability for those things. That's always been where I've had passion. And when you think about it, it starts even from school, 
you know, the co-captain of the football team when I was in school. So it's just those types of experiences are all things that lead you to arenas and areas that you continue to build on your career. So when going into packaged goods into sort of that marketing function, I would always say that marketers were the hub of the wheel, if you will, but then the wheel couldn't go anywhere without all the spokes, right? And without all the different functions sort of working together. To answer your question, I think that the marketing piece amplified components that were important to me from a career point of view and from a personality point of view. It built on the foundation that was there. If you don't mind, let's talk a little bit about that last year for you with transition into taking over Mailchimp after the acquisition, but even maybe a couple of years back. For those who are listening in, we're recording this at the end of 2022, and it's been quite a couple of years. And I think there's a little bit of a microcosmos, you know, of managing that change on your own personal role, but also leading that sort of change of bringing the company that Mailchimp wasn't a tiny company, right? As when it was acquired, obviously, and into it is a big company. That sort of merger, I don't think a lot of people has visibility into how those things usually work. But I want to kind of maybe try to talk about it from the aspect of change, because I do think we have seen a lot of change in the last two years. And on the most part, probably, unfortunately, we'll see a lot more change in the next couple of years where, with where the macroeconomics are at. So maybe start with a simple explanation of a little bit of like how those mergers work in a high level and just your experience through it. Great. I'll talk about two aspects. One is from the business lens and then two from a individual lens or how someone gets some more prepared to take on key roles like that. So from a business lens, as you look at the M&A piece, it really is around how an organization is thinking through strengthening the company and what additions could be made. That could be technology, it could be customer bases, it could be people that are going to add and accelerate the stated outcomes of the organization. So for some people, when they initially thought about MailChimp and thought about how well, how does that fit into, into its broader portfolio, Credit Karma and TurboTax and QuickBooks, et cetera. And I'll give you a little bit of context on MailChimp for those I might not know. So MailChimp is an email marketing automations platform that focuses, you know, obviously on growing businesses and it empowers millions of customers around the world launch and build and grow their businesses through marketing technology, right? So marketing technology, customer support, inspiring content. And so it really kind of puts the data back power back into the hands of the customers so that they can engage their customers across email or social media or landing pages or advertising and all that's kind of powered with AI underneath it. And so that's who MailChimp is. And when you think about QuickBooks and into it more broadly, it really focuses on how it helps businesses and small businesses grow and run their business. So think about that as how the MailChimp and the QuickBooks um, come together to then empower small businesses. So the why behind it is that combination of how MailChimp plus QuickBooks and Bore into it can really help fuel small business growth. So that's the acquisition piece. I think when it comes to how an individual gets themselves ready for a role like that, 
you said rewind back a couple of years. And when I go back a couple of years, I actually had a role where for a period of time, not only was I focused on the sales and being a leader within our sales organization, but then also I had a hat and a foot within our HR organization. And so I was the diversity lead you know, for Intel. And why I bring that up and how it connects is through that role, I had a lot of engagement with Intuit's um, board, with Intuit investors, with Intuit senior leaders, and an exposure to the messaging across the company as a whole. And so that connects because when you then move into a role like the COO of MailChimp, you need to be able to ensure that you're reinforcing that cultural alignment between the two organizations. You need to ensure that the leadership is clear and aligned. The strategies that we have for growth are going to be there to what are we going to accelerate? What are we going to stop? Where are we going to continue? And then operating mechanisms, how we are operating the business all comes together. And so it might seem kind of random to have this role within the broader HR lens, but that's another piece that goes into that toolkit that I talked about earlier that helps bring together some sort of different disciplines and different people for the outcomes. And so that was an important piece for the MailChimp journey. Yeah, I think what's interesting in what you said is it was a reminder that the first step, honestly, in any partnership or relationship really, is to have the alignment on the values and sort of like, where are we going, right? Like, what is the mission? Like, what is the purpose? And I think, you know, when you describe being the sort of like hub for small business to run the business, that makes a total sense of, we kind of like both into it, both MailChimp, we're kind of running on the same direction, trying to solve or elevate the same areas and the same people that runs small businesses. With that said, at the end of the day, people are still different people, right? Like the companies grow up with a different culture. And, you know, going back to your HR and chief diversity officer point, I'm intrigued by when you bring those teams together and now a company like MailChimp have the same vision or direction. And so there's alignment there, but on the ground level, there might be different processes. There might be different preferences, there might be even different technologies. And when you actually put it all together, there is now this mix and match that needs to happen. And it really comes down to even the way people communicate might be different. So maybe share a little bit about, you know, that process or even your thoughts around how do you make that successful? So I think what's important to make it successful and to be clear, it's not easy. (laughs) It's not easy. It's not a walk in the park. And to give you more context, remember, this is during COVID, right? So right now at the end of 22, you know, we've been in a space of open and people getting back together and going to sporting events, et cetera. Like it's become much more what we're used to, but the acquisition happened in 21. So not only is sort of mergers and bringing companies together challenging in you know general, but then to do that in the context of the pandemic and social distancing still being there and offices still being closed, et cetera, et cetera, it was a challenge. And so it reinforces the need for communicate, communicate, communicate. This episode is brought to you by Tonkin. 
Tonkin is the operating system for business operations, providing businesses with the building blocks to orchestrate any process with no code or change management required. Contact us at Tonkin.com to learn how you can build complex processes fast. And if you're interested in staying up to date on all things business operations, join the Adaptive Ops community at operations.community. Yeah, we had a previous CEO used to always say like repetition never ruins a prayer. And at the end of the day, like that is so true. You can never say the messaging enough of what matters. That's one aspect, that repetition. The second piece is listen for alignment. And what I mean by that is when you're going into the situation, really looking for what's the best of both worlds, into the world, the Belgium world, there are components that are golden nuggets, if you will, that you want to want to reinforce throughout all the different pieces of communication with the teams, et cetera. And you want to highlight those aspects of MailChimp, the acquired company, that really augment your card business. Let me give you an example of that. So half of the MailChimp business is outside the U.S. That's huge. That is a huge piece of the overall footprint for this significant business. And so Intuit has a business presence outside the U.S., but it's not 50%, right? So that is something that, that brings in the fold that MailChimp adds, which is huge. Another example is this notion of the number of businesses that need to find ways to grow. Like That's one of the number one, outside of how we run the business and be compliant, that's the number one ask is help me grow. Help me find customers, continue to engage with customers, et cetera. So again, that's something that, you know, sort of MailChimp built. There's 60, about 62 million small business employees in the U.S., right? And that makes up about almost half the workforce. So when you, when you think about how important small businesses are to the economy, but 20% fold within two years and 50% fold, small businesses fold within five. So this notion of, wow, we want us the lifeblood and then two, we need to help these small businesses grow. You bring that narrative in of, wow, this is what MailChimp adds to the Intuit portfolio. And the third one is, I think, what we bring in is this lens of not only how do we drive for the customers, but how do we accelerate growth and continuing to help reinforce with the teams and the leaders, this is how we're walking and chewing gum, how we are engaging when solving for our customers through our innovation, through the technology platform through AI, all of those pieces to help give power to those small businesses to help them grow, which then ultimately drives the economy. Then at the same time, how we deliver for you know, our shareholders and investors. And so that's the dance, if you will, and the balance that needs to be reinforced as you're engaging with employees within your company. And I think there's another hidden point here with the timing of all of it. And I completely agree about the importance of small businesses. And I don't think that with this global economy that has the same top of mind that it might have been in the past, you know, when you're very local, you kind of know all the local small businesses around you and all that stuff. And when you kind of like in a more global mindset, you might miss the fact that to your point, that's what drives the economy. And that, you know, both the innovation, but also the ability for them to grow. And let's be honest, to even stay alive with this past two years, right? Where a lot of them might had struggle, but a lot of small businesses were at real risk. So 
I think it's great and it makes a lot of sense when powerhouses like that comes together to help those industries. And I think we'll probably see more of that consolidation happening, but hopefully it will be done in a way that create more value. And so what might be like one or two tips for folks that are in those conversations right now, or like thinking of those conversations, or even wondering whether that's something that they should look out for, you know, merge with a bigger company or work to consolidate. From your experience, what are the things that it's a big no-no or it looks like a big opportunity or should look like a big opportunity? I'll give you both sides of it. I think the one is being clear on the value proposition of how this adds and accelerates to your business. And how does this continue to help deliver for customers? If your customers remain your true north, that you continue to solve for, innovate for, you'll reap the benefits of that. I think that the no-no comes in where if you get distracted by, oh, well, it's because it's a low valuation and so it's a deal. Like if it's not truly rooted in the core customer that you're solving for and, and can clearly articulate, this is how this accelerates our business. This is how it accelerates our technology. This is how it accelerates our employee base in the effort of solving for the customer and the valuation makes sense. Once you can answer those questions and you can do so with, again, going back to that core social team, bringing that full circle because of all those disciplines that need to come in and give their perspective. And you feel like there is a good level of cultural alignment because sometimes we gloss over that piece and that is really a core blood of the companies coming together, then it can work. And so focus on what really matters and focus on those customers employees and it will have a positive outcome. That makes sense. It does come full circle. We talk a lot about in this podcast how so many times operations and processes and honestly work and achieving our goals is being looked at from the systematic data side of things where in reality it's really always all about people and not even necessarily from like being friendly and social and happy but fundamentally this is all the economy is about right it's about us people trying to help each other and create value for each other and so if i translate this is really it's about does together means more value for your shared customers or your customers and if there's no fit, then it's only financial fit or stuff like that, then it might actually kind of blow up. Yeah, no, I agree. I want to touch on your, your notion of value. So I love that word that you highlighted. And I think that is a great word that permeates and is consistent across the different stakeholders, right? So as you said, value that's created for the customers, and that needs to be core. Value that's created for the employees and how that needs to be there. One of the sayings we have, you know, at Intuit is our employees, our customers, our communities, and our shareholders are almost like our air, water, food, if you will. And so the employees are that most critical piece. It's the air component. And then you move into your customers, which is the water that you need to survive and the communities that you serve. And then the shareholders are like that food. All of that is critical, but it's about creating value for all those constituents. And as you are, as your listeners are thinking about their careers, right, which is what this is about overall, it's also thinking through how those experiences that they have are creating value in that toolkit 
that they have for their careers. And as long as they kind of know who they are in terms of what they value, what gives them energy, and ensuring that they have that north direction, even if on that highway, if you will, you take service roads every now and again, but still pointing in that same direction, just know that you're building also value to yourself that will help you in that operations career one day. I think that's a great end of year tip or retrospect for a new year for people to think about. I love it. And I couldn't agree more. Well, Sheldon, I really appreciate this conversation. I think it was extremely insightful and I appreciate the time. If people want to get in touch or nerd out on some of those things or just get advice, where can they reach out? Is that Twitter or LinkedIn? Either one, Twitter or LinkedIn. Feel free to reach out. Thank you so much, Sheldon. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Modern Business Operations. You can see the show notes and all of the resources mentioned in today's episode at tonkin.com slash mbopod. Thank you for listening and be sure to subscribe for updates on future episodes. 